0: Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit
1: churchinthepeak.org. Justin is going to come and speak. This is my
0: preach from the end of last year. It was due to preach on the 10th of, I was going to say February, but December. But snow got in the way, but only delayed, postponed it. We're continuing the series on um, Exodus, we're coming near to the end of it, and my topic is on uh, presence of God. Now, just literally the week before I was due to give the the preach, I have to admit, I completely crashed. Um, It was one of those ones where you just feel the pressure, not, not the preaching, but just you realize how you just get caught up in lots of activity, lots of doing, and stuff like that, and just just crashed and realized actually what I'd lost was just that wonderful intimacy of the the Father and what was the transforming point was just getting back and enjoying His presence. Just that Wonderful thing. We love the name of Jesus. Why do we love the name of Jesus? It's because he came and he died on the cross for us so I could have this wonderful, restored, free relationship with the Father. I've now come as a son. I don't have to work. I don't have to strive for acceptance. I just have it. And everything that comes from that place, all the activity comes from that place, rather than trying to get the identity from all that you do. And it's so easy just to get that shift, isn't it? to suddenly realize you're caught up in all these things. I'm doing it for God. woo How exciting. And you lose the, the focus, the centrality, which is relationship with God, identity as a son or a daughter of God. So presence of God. God I, I just really felt that, actually, today the key thing from the preach, if you, if you don't remember anything from this preach, just get, it's about relationship. An identity. Everything comes from that place. That's why Jesus came. That's why God sent Jesus. Because He wants a relationship with you. And He wants you to live out of a place of being a son and a daughter of a living God. Not a servant, not a slave, but a son and a daughter, a dear child. It's transforming. So what is presence and what is presence? It's one of those interesting terms. It's banded around at the moment. It's, within the Christian world, it's kind of a bit of a, a sexy term. It's kind of, if you want to talk about church growth, presence is one of those things you talk about. Uh, but what is it? Well, the Hebrew word is panim, just for those that like a bit of Hebrew text. It means face. So it, it implies that close and personal encounter with the Lord. It's that face-to-face, like you get in a in a, in a intimate relationship where you're face to face, whether it's with your partner or other there's something amazing about that. And it just highlights again, it's about relationship. So we value his presence. And I'm gonna keep throwing in his because often we talk about presence, which makes it feel a bit otherworldly, a bit weird. And I know that in the old testament we see God coming in a cloud and a fire. But actually, he's revealed himself as a father. He's revealed himself in that relational aspect. And so I find his presence is so much more helpful because that's what we love, isn't it? Don't we value relationship? Don't we value intimacy with that sense of, of, of the person of God? And we want him because, actually, firstly, he wants us. We see it throughout Scripture, and everything flows from that fact that every you know this sunday morning the whole thing of a sunday morning is not for the preach as is important and as a preach is but we gather because we love being together we love worshiping declaring the truth of who god is we love that intimacy here an encounter with god that's why we come that's why we have such a good length of time in worship other churches might have a smaller time worship, but no, we want, we want a good length of time because we value His, his presence. We want intimacy with Him. And Moses says, "If you don't go with us, we're not going to go." He's talking about knowing God in all that we do. It's a presence; it's about relationship, and we do so see it through that Scripture: Genesis, Moses, David, Jesus, the Apostles. We see it right the way through Adam and Eve walking. With God. Can you imagine that? Walking with God in the, in the Garden of Eden. That's just, that's, that's intimacy. That is relationship. And from that, we see that actually it's ruined because of sin, because of the fall of man. That's all ruined. And everything throughout Scripture is all about God getting His children back because He wants this restored relationship. And we see hints throughout Scripture with Moses and David and others where they've got this relationship with God but it's not for his whole it's not with the whole people which is what God wants which is why he sends Jesus the savior to restore this relationship but the challenge with relationship is about being present ourselves I don't know about you I love this thing it's really really good you can get, be in contact with people on the other side of the world, you can find out what dog photos people like, and stuff like that. But the reality is, it is the most distracting thing on Earth as well, isn't it? You, you can be at home with your family, you can be out. You know, I've got friends that are out having a date night with their, with their spouse, and they're flipping Facebooking photos, saying, having this lovely time, look at this lovely food, you know, they're thinking, enjoy the time with your wife <laughs> so that's just a little bugbear of mine Amen. but but it's true Preacher. yeah you know relationship is about being present with the person in front of you face to face and i honestly think god is always present there is something we need to theologically get god is always present do you, do you know god is always present he, when we gather say on a sunday or in your small group or in your wherever you're, you're walking down the road god is present with you The question is, are we present with God? (laughs) Is that a yes? (laughs) No, but that that is the challenge. Because God's always there. He always wants to talk. He always wants to affirm you. He always wants to talk to you about what's going on. But how much are we present with that view? Chris Valentin, he's one of my heroes and says, there's a big... He talks about his situation, I can't even find the quote now. But he says that actually, God's always present and he always has a solution. So whatever we're going through in life, God is always present. He always has a solution. How much do we stop and listen in that? Because it's, it's important. Because actually God wants to be relational with us. Actually, I'm going to read some scripture. We're going to start off. This is... Continuing on from this, is God's heart. Exodus 19, verse 6. And this is before the, uh, before the Ten Commandments have been given at the, at the base of Mount Sinai. And this is what God says. This is God's heart. He says, And you shall be to me, this is to the people of Israel, it's not to Moses, it's to the people of Israel, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. This is God's heart. This is like a restoration. Of Eden. God wants his people, the kingdom of priests. That they're the ones that have that direct connection with God. And God's saying, actually, I don't want you people to go through somebody else. I want you to have that di- direct relationship. That was his heart. It's that father's heart. that said, actually, I want direct communion, relationship with you. But, is that how it worked out? We see it just a chapter, the next chapter. So the 10 commandments he have been given. Then now, at, seeing at the mountain, and we'll read from uh, chapter 20, verse 18. Now, when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off and said to Moses, "'You speak to us, and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us, lest we die.'" Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you and that you may not sin. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. The people of Israel, they saw some big externals. They saw who God, they saw who God was. You know, God is mighty, he's majestic, he's all-powerful, he's the creator, sustainer of all things. And they saw something, but they, rather than stepping beyond that and into what Moses stepped into, into that relationship, that covenant relationship, that intimacy, they, they stopped off and said, actually, fear stopped them in that relationship. And said, no, Moses, you do it for us, you just talk to us. And, and they missed out on what was for them, I think would have been vital for what God had for them going into the promised land because they were then reliant on Moses and others hearing for them. There is a, you don 't need to be reliant on someone else to hear God for you because God wants to speak to you, and that 's what relationship is about isn 't it it 's about you can hear from God. Directly, what holds you back? Maybe it is fear of God, maybe you know, what 's your view? fear of God, maybe you see God as, as, a, as a father with a big stick, and that holds you back. maybe it 's uh, fear of excess. Well, what happens if I encounter God and some of these weird things might happen to me, or maybe these things don 't happen to me, and that stops you wanting to to press in because you 're comparing yourself to Um, Someone else. Maybe it's pain from the past. Heart sickness can stop you, can stop pressing in in relationship, can't you? Because you guard your heart because of hurt. But the call is not to hold back, but to step beyond some of the externals and step into what God wants, which is that relationship. Because that's when we, we... know his heart, that's when we hear him go say, you are my beloved child. I love Jesus' baptism, this is a slight aside but Jesus hasn't even started his ministry and he's there, he's getting baptised and heaven's part dove comes down and God speaks over him, this is my beloved son in which I am well pleased. He hasn't done stuff in the same, you know, in the way he hasn't started, he hasn't performed the many miracles and the healings. But God's saying to him right at the start, you are my son in who I am pleased. And that's what he says over us. And we need to get that more and more. I honestly, feel we need to get that more and more. Just to be still at times and hear God say what he has to say over you. That you are his child, he's your child he's my father and he's pleased in me whether I've done anything or not it doesn't matter he's just pleasing me I'm pleased in my kids because they're my kids I love them whether they drive me crazy or not I just dearly love them I am so pleased in them and God says that over you and from that you can step into so much more you don't need to strive so, as a church, we say we recognise the presence of God is central. It's central to everything that we do because it is about relation. It is about relationship. We see with the people of Israel, it was set to be central in everything they do. Following on from the golden calf, where Moses had gone up the mountain, while he was up the mountain, the people of Israel formed a golden calf, started worshiping it. Worshiping it. He'd come down and uh, ground it up and made them drink this gold. It's quite an interesting thing. Um, Moses intercedes on behalf of the people because God's plan was to smite them. He was to almost start again. And God says in 33, verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. So that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth, and God says, "Yeah, I'll do that." There is presence, His presence. It's a sign of the favour that we have as the people of God. It's to be distinctive, to be the distinctive for the people of Israel, that they were children of God, that they had his, His presence and it's for us. The cross has bought it all for us. We're now children, so we have Holy Spirit. It dwells in us, and is the seal of our inheritance. By him we cry out, Abba, Father. This wonderful, intimate relationship with God. So it is such a key distinctive. I, I realize more and more I just don't want to go... For, do anything from a place where I haven't felt like I've heard God on it, or he's not with us on it. The people of Israel, they followed the cloud and fire. One of the distinctives that they were to have was to follow the things that God is speaking to them about. When, further on in the book, you you see when they go into the promised land, they God said, do this to take this city, and they did it, and they took it. Then there are times where they thought, oh, we know how to do this. And they did it, and they didn't take the city because they weren't following what God was saying. And there is that place, because God is a good God. He loves us. He's a father that wants all the fullness for you. We have to come back time and time again and to look, to what is the father doing? Because Jesus modeled it. He only did what he saw and heard the father doing in his ministry. And if he's the model for life, <laughs> How much more should we be trying to do that? The people of Israel, the cloud of the fire, when it stopped, they stopped. When it went, they went. So what does it look like? This is the, this is the faith challenge. This is the exciting thing. This is where, I know, for me, I get more excited because we're called to be a people of faith, not just the people that just saunter through life. Yeah, exactly. So what does it look like, what's God saying we've been talking about dreams and praying about dreams over the last week what's God saying to you, what does it look like it doesn't have to be huge, massive I'm going to take the earth but what's God speaking to you about what's the hopes, what's the dreams what's your father talking to you about because he's going to give you faith for that and then you can step into it not through striving but you can step into it as a child of God knowing I've got a good father who's talking to me about this Therefore, as I step out, I can trust him, because he's a good father. He has all the resources. He's going to be there. He's going to move us on, help us guide us in that. Because at the end of the day, if you haven't good, got, heard God on something, if you haven't got faith, as soon as you step into something, step out, and the trials come. You're going to grumble, you're going to say, "You're going to go back to God and say, "Well,," blah, blah, And it's going to be yucky. And that's what the people of Israel did. When you look at their history, when they lost sight of God, they just grumbled. And it's that thing of, that's why we have to hear God. Joseph and I have got some things that God's stirring us about. And to be honest, if we hadn't heard God on it, it would be absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. But it's so exciting because when God speaks, he gives you faith. And it doesn't matter what the hurdles are, what's coming up. He's going to be there in the midst of it. And I just want to encourage you. Hear God. Follow him. Whatever it looks like. Whatever the, the hills that you got, like mountains you've got to climb. Actually, it doesn't matter. Because if God's on you, he's going to flatten those at the right time. He's going to make the path straight at times. But we can do that because of the distinctive of actually... We host his presence. We're listening to him. We're carrying him wherever we go. And that's what the people of Israel were called to do, to take God wherever they went. So think about it. When you leave this place, even being here, you get the privilege of carrying God because you've got the Holy Spirit in you and on you. We're called to extend the kingdom, to bring a change wherever we go, through what we say, through what we do, just by being in there. Just by being in a place, as a child of God, we have an impact. I don't think we get it enough. We don't get it enough. Just by being where you are, you have an impact. And how much more if we're there and we're listening to what the Father has to say at the same time. See, the people of Israel, they're supposed to be a light to the nations. They were supposed to cause the other nations to a sense of kind of jealousy and to kind of gather in. But they became insular and... That's not what we're called to. We're called to go to the nations and impact the nations for him. So we've got the presence of God. It's, it's about relationship and identity. It's central to everything that we are as a church. Everything should be central to everything that you do. Central, we're trying to make it central to what, what we do as a family. I'm realizing you can't limit it. You can't limit what does it look like you can't define or restrict at times what it looks like you know when you gather well, for example Moses his had many encounters with God didn't he he had an encounter with God with the burning bush now probably for many of us we would have been quite happy just to have stayed with the burning bush would you've been happy with that have a burning bush encounter like that and all of a sudden your staff or maybe your phone turns into a, a snake and back. That would be a pretty amazing encounter. And many of us would just platter and say, fantastic, this is how God meets with us. But actually, he goes on from that. You read, you read his whole life story. And it's about, it keeps going more. There's more, there's more, there's more in terms of that encounters with God. He goes to mountaintops. You know, that's huge. Mountaintop encounters with God, and encounters where actually He's He's hidden in, in the in the behind a rock as God walks past. You think, okay, wow, that's quite something. Then he goes to a tent of meeting where actually he encounters God, and His His face is shining, and He has to put a veil on. You know, that is like a daily thing. He goes to the tent of meeting and he encounters God, and he has this glory that then fades. And you know, actually, if you look in the New Testament, actually we have got a greater glory. A greater encounter with God that doesn't fade. That's an, another preach. And you think, okay, that, surely that's the pinnacle. If, if that, if that's the ultimate for, for Moses. But actually, at the end of the book, they've completed the tabernacle and the glory of God comes. The, the glory of God its like his, the form of the, his holiness made manifest. It's on display for all to see. And it's so present Actually, Moses, this man who's been to the to the mountaintop, who's had these shiny faces, who's had encounters that you think, wow, he's not even able to enter the, tem- the tabernacle of God. Now, you know, I, I would love to have anything even remotely near some of those, but even if I don't, it doesn't matter in a way. I w- want to have a heart, and I want to encourage you to have a heart to say, actually, there's just more of God. Whatever he, you know of God, whatever your relationship with God has been to know, there is more, there's more depth. It's, it's not about externals. It's so easy to get caught up on externals and say, well, that person might shake or that person jumps up and down. or you know, whatever. It doesn't actually matter. What happens is in the heart, because God wants to encounter your heart. And if there's anything on top of that because it hits your, your body, then that's brilliant. But I just encourage you, don't get hit up on externals. It's about the change in the heart, because that's what God's interested in anyway. But when God comes, anything can happen. It really can. I even watched a video this last week of I don't know if you knew, Bethel Church in Reading a while ago. They're just having a worship time and then all of a sudden they had some glory clouds come. And if you watch the video, it's on YouTube, it's, 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 it's official. They've checked the air conditioning, everything. And there's just gold just swirling. Now, that blows my mind in lots of different, <laughs> different ways. But it's a sense of, if it's in the book, and God is real, which he is, these that, you know, why not have that expectation for things? You know, I, I met a, a guy... A course I went to recently, and and literally his church—they've seen explosive growth, and the knock-on, as part of that, is not the reason, but that God's just present. Is they've you know seen oil, gold dust, loads of you know, loads of things which blow your Western mind, and this is in um, Eastern Europe, and they're just seen, you know, they've seen church go from fifty to, I think a couple of thousand, but it's because God's present. And when God's present, anything can happen. Because the reality is, yeah, even here, it's not about the signs and the wonders. It's about the king being present. Because when the king is present, you get his kingdom. So you get the overflow. Which is why when we worship, we just worship him. <laughs> He's just so worthy of worship and adoration. I, almost, I don't want to come and bring my prayers and petitions. I just want to... Just give him praise, because that's what it's about. There is the overflow, and he wants, because he's a loving father. He wants us to come and hear and bring our prayers and petitions. But first and foremost, it's about him. It really, it's just a pursuit of him, and so we have expectation. I have an increased expectation for when we come and we worship, for healings, deliverance, you know, the signs of the kingdom, because. Jesus is here. It's just happened because the King is here, and because we've pursued Him, and He wants to be with us, His people. I don't know. Do you realize how we sometimes do some weird things as Christians? Maybe you don't. Maybe it's it's just me. Okay. Imagine a scenario. Joe and I have had an amazing date night. We've gone out one night, and we've had a lovely meal. Some lovely music was on in the background, and the restaurant was perfect. Even the waiter service was brilliant. It was the most perfect evening. A few weeks later, we want to go out for another date night. How weird would it be if I said to Joseph, right, you need to wear exactly the same dress. We're going to go to exactly the same restaurant. We are going to order the same food, we're going to, I'm going to make sure we've got the same waiter, we're going to go in at exactly the same time, and I'm going to make sure the same music is playing. We you kind of think that's slightly a bit weird. But the reality is, is, how much do we do that with God? We have a unique moment with God one day. Maybe it's playing a song. Maybe it's reading scripture. Maybe you're out in the woods. There, there is a moment where God just comes and his presence is just absolutely amazing. And he's speaking to you and he changes a situation, lifts something. And then a couple of weeks later, it's like, right, okay, I need to be doing exactly the same thing. I need to be playing that song. And I, and I know that songs often can carry something and there's songs I keep playing at the moment because I need to keep hearing it's a faith thing for me, for some of the songs. But to try and recreate that, it's like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm kind of, like one knee on, one arm up like that, this time, you know. Would you really try and do that? Now, a relationship is unique each and every time, and God wants that. So when you come, when we come, whether it's walking down the road in our Wherever you have your quiet times, whether it's on a Sunday, we are not going to try, shouldn't try to recreate what has gone before because his ways are new. It's fresh. His the way he wants to speak to you will be different from the way he's spoken before. That's why church history, you look back and you think, well, God did this at one point. When he's going to come and move in power again, it's going to be different because God's new, he's fresh. There'll be things about them that are similar but it will be different. So I want encourage us to have that expectation of however present, how, when God's present with you, it's going to be different each time. Don't look to try to recreate what's gone before. It's like manna. The, God, the manna that God provided was new. It was fresh every morning. And the people of Israel had to not go with the old. Look to the new every day. Let's not try to Recreate previous experiences or experiences other people have had just because a church operates a certain way doesn't mean that's the way that we need to operate and there's things you can learn from it but God is new and fresh and we have to encounter God for ourselves okay the key thing is this is for you it's for me It's for us. His presence, this relationship, this distinctive, this favor that we have. Because it is. No one else in the world has this favor that we get to carry because of being children of the living God. It's for you. In our corporate and our individual gatherings, in your one-on-one time with him, our first priority, this is why I encourage you, our first priority is intimacy with with him before your lists. It really is. Before your lists, a loving father wants to, to know. But the key thing for us, and the key thing for me, increasing at the moment, is I just need to just grow more in just this wonderful intimacy with him. And that's the priority. Coming to him, knowing his love, hearing what he has to say, as well as just pouring out my love and adoration for him. But also hearing what he has to say. As a father... When he's present, wants to speak to his children. A loving father wants to speak to you about for your situations. How often do we kind of come with our list and say Amen, and then move on? Rather than recognise, actually, if God's present, he's got a solution because he's good in every situation. Let's come. Let's just love him we can talk to him about the problems. Let's wait. Let's hear what he has to say rather than give him our solution. But let's be expectant for signs of the kingdom to break out because when he comes, we can see it. You don't have to work up for that. We don't have to work to a high spot in worship. We have to be present I honestly, feel for us. For at, when we come to worship, the challenge isn't God being here; it's us being present with Him. Why does it feel like sometimes it takes a while to get going in worship? It's not down to God; it's actually down to us getting ourselves present with God. I honestly think that's such a challenge for us. My, yeah, and my granddad used to. So he always had this challenge with kind of modern style churches because he was the old school. He would come early to a meeting and he'd sit there because he wanted to get himself ready with God. You know, he'd sit in the pew and just get himself ready. I think that's great. It must have driven my grandma crazy probably. But I just love that heart there which was actually I want to get myself ready for God. I want to be ready so I am present. Now I know people that, before they go home, will make sure that they've almost kind of unloaded or put aside the things of the day so they can be present with their family because that's the priority. The challenge is, what does it look like for us to be present in each situation? Whether it's with our families, whether it's with our loving Heavenly Father, what are those things? Because he wants in, to meet with us. He wants to encounter. He wants the world to be changed because we know who we are and what we carry as the people of God. Because so the call for the people of Israel was to impact the nations, to be people that carried God's presence. They were to be a light to the Gentiles. That's our call. But It starts with us. Our call is to step into his presence, not to step back. Even if you've got faith challenges, actually, it's, it's knowing his presence that's going to carry you through. For Joseph I, know that we need to keep, I need to keep coming back to, okay, God, what are you saying? Who are you saying I am? What are you talking to us about? Because otherwise, you, you fall back, don't you? Fear gets in the way, and you step aside from the things that God's talking to you about. So I would love, Jace, maybe to come, come back, if that's right, Phil, and to, to lead us. I want to encourage you in, in response. Maybe you don't know God, and this has maybe spark something, where you're thinking, actually, I want to know a father like that. I want to know someone that would love me so much to send his son to die for me. Maybe as a practical, you just want more. You just know. Maybe you've just limited God, or you've got you dry. You just want an expectation. You got response. Maybe you just want to know the Father's love more, because He's He wants to know you more. There's no. There's no. There is literally there is no limitation on God's side. He's just here. He wants to meet with us. Maybe you just want to, you want to step in. Things have caused you to not step beyond almost like the externals of the, of the thunder. And you just want to make a step to say, actually, I know what that is. I want to step in. And, you know, we're happy to pray for you. We want to, um, or maybe you just want to make that step and say, actually, no, I know what it is. We know what I need to do. I just need to make that faith step. Let's do that. Because actually God has amazing things. Each and every one of us. Like the people of Israel. There's promised lands. There are unique things for each and every one of us. And for us corporately. But actually we can only do that if we know his presence. What he's saying. And that we're going in relationship and as children of the living God. Amen.
1: Yeah. I just want to share this. It's interesting that Roger Howell sent this through to me this week. And it just so fits. As during 2018, we will be moving into our shiny new building. As we get settling, we long to experience God's presence with us. I believe the Lord is saying to us, his presence will not be contained within four walls, but will be found within us wherever we go and whatever we do. Be found on the high street, on the golf course, as we wait at the school gates, as we join our neighbours, our local coffee shop, or the pub, quiz, as we're running on the highways and byways. And I just want to, it's just an extract, that's not all of it. I just think it fits so well with what Justin just said. So I think there's a response. I think Justin can just help us as we press in. Just a response to this is because my observation would be this, that churches that are growing significantly and advancing the kingdom are churches that are welcoming and pursuing the presence of God like never before. And I think it's, it's part of the restoration that God's plan always was right back in the beginning. And we've cut God out so much of out of our services that actually giving him his church back and permission to do what he likes in it and have his way will change everything will change everything and we want to grow like that and we want to allow that but we need to be in agreement with that and so i just want to encourage let's stand let's respond to what justin's brought let's take it to our heart let's receive it in our heart let's apply it to our life not just right now but take it from here and apply it daily into our lives